Hi everyone, my guest in this episode is Victoria Adukwebuli and we had a very interesting conversation via Zoom. Enjoy the conversation and don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Books with Abna podcast. guys, welcome to Books with Abna. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Victoria Adukhevili, author of Quiet. Victoria is a poet, writer, and artist, alumni of Barbican Young Poets, a recipient of the Eric Gregory Award. She has residencies in US, Brazil, and the V&A Museum in London. Her debut collection, Girl B, was published by the African Poetry Book Fund in 2017. She's a filmmaker and a director. Newest collection was published by Faber in 2022. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Abuna. How are you? I'm fine. How? Happy New Year. Let's start with that. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. So, how is your How's the world receiving your book? Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's going really well. It's been really wonderful to see people, um, you know, sharing their pictures of the book on social media or just reading some of the reviews. We had some really lovely reviews. Um, Just, yeah, to have messages coming from people telling me that they um, have enjoyed the work. It means a lot to me. So I feel like it's been really successful. Okay, so I think we'll just go right into it. We will have a first poetry reading, then we can go into writing and then poetry. Mm -hmm. Okay, one poem. I'm going to read the first poem in the book. And this poem is called Declaration. Declaration. If sickness begins in the gut, if I live in the belly of the beast, If here at the heart of empire, if careful in the house of the host, if quiet at the hearth of the host, if here at the home of empire, if I live in the belly of the beast, let me beget sickness in its gut. Thank you. So um, what does writing mean to you? I mean, for every author, I think that writing means something else to each person. So what does Mm. poetry, let's come to poetry, mean to you as a writer? Mm -hmm. Um, For me, poetry is a way of making notes. I feel like um, note-taking and poetry occur in the same way for me. So, you know, poetry is like a refined and really concentrated way of um, encapsulating ideas or experiences. And um, I grew up keeping a journal, but the way that poems came from that is that I would write small fragments of uh writing in the back of the journal not in the front but in the back like scraps 
even. And I would extend those scraps and develop the ideas and build on them and use a lot of metaphors. So that for me was the beginning of poetry. Um, so yeah, I think it's a form of note taking that has developed into um, something more creative. Okay, so um, I thank you for giving me a copy of your book. It's, but what has the writing of the poems quiet? For instance, I know that you wrote the poem, Death is Everywhere and Not Here five years ago. And then some other poems in the collection is about 10 years old. Um, what has through the process? Put some timeline on it. How hard or easy was it for you to write this collection and edit and even land the publishing deal? What is the story of Quiet and how did it come to be? Mm -hmm. So I would say that the poems that are the oldest in the collection came about from um, being a part of different writing programs in London. So for example, you mentioned the Barbican Young Poets Programme, which is like a writing workshop for young people between 16 and 30, and, um, you know, meeting every two weeks. And we had a tutor uh, whose name is Jacob Sam Larose, and he's a fantastic poet, and he would guide us through certain exercises. So that, for me, was the beginning of some of the poems that are now in this book. Wow. Um, and ultimately, um, the book itself is a recent thing you know thinking of the book as a piece of work that has um i i would say an element of storytelling in the sense that there's an idea that's being explored through the book through many poems but some of those poems existed pre-existed the book if that makes okay. sense so um i guess the creation of or the beginning of it becoming a, a book is a lot more recent. Um, so at the moment I'm studying, I'm doing a creative writing PhD, um, oh. which is, yeah, which is funded, which is why I'm doing it in the first place. I wouldn't be doing it if I had to pay <laughs> for it. Um, so, you know, thank, thank, thankful to my scholarship, but that is, in the process of that, you have to put a collection together. And um, because of, you know, poems of mine have been published here or there or yeah. maybe a poem in, like, for example, the London Review of Books or different poems of mine or different events I've been to where I've done some readings um, meant that in the process of studying, I was approached by some publishers and one of those mm -hmm. publishers was Faber and they asked me if I had some work ready or if I was working on a collection and I said, oh, yeah, you know, I am working on the collection, but I, it, it's still kind of early. So um, I met with them. We, it was over Zoom. We had some talks and they were in, very interested in the idea that I was thinking about this idea of quiet, um, the, the inner life. Um, and so it just went from there, really. That was the beginning of thinking about it as a book. OK, so... Um... The book, after I read it, I think one of the things that um, drew me to the book very much and some of the poems are the fact that even though the book is titled Quiet, mm. it raises a lot of noise in the, in the minds of the reader. 
And mm-hmm. so the book, before I read it, I opened the, the summary and it says, what is quiet when it isn't silence? Where does quiet exist? Audrey Lord writes, your silence will not protect you. Mm-hmm. What inspired the book? Why quiet? Because I think that these are some of the quietest, loudest poems I've ever read. So why the name quiet and what inspired the whole collection? Mm. Um, so I have to give a lot of respect to um, a scholar who, whose writing really, for me, opened up the idea of what I wanted to do in this book. Um, and that scholar's name, I mean, he's quoted in the beginning of the book. So um, Kevin Kwashi, who is an academic at Brown University at the moment, and he wrote a book called The Sovereignty of Quiet. He has three books, but The Sovereignty okay. of Quiet is his is his oldest book. It came out in 2012. And um, my book, I would say, is in some ways a tribute to that work because his work in that book, uh, thinks very much about how we read and experience Black culture and how um, often in literature, the way Blackness or the way the Black experience is understood is through its expressiveness, through its ability to stand for something political or through its ability to um, be performative. And what he says is that you know what he think what he thinks about in that book is how um we only read you know black literature in that way for those things we mm. miss a whole undergrowth of life and um and um a whole kind of universe of experience that is beneath and um so his book is a reclaiming of that interior space and it's a lot more of a magical uh, space that interior self you know if you think about the voice that you the voice you think with in your head not everything you say but the things that you think in your yeah, mind that you yeah. say um so my book in a way is um an exploration of what would happen if i um if i wrote a book putting on that side of myself not not the the parts which are for sale or the parts mm. which are for presentation, mm. but mm. the interior voice. And I like when people say, you know, you called it quiet, but it's not quiet because ultimately that's that's part of it. Um, having an interior self doesn't necessarily mean that the interior is peaceful all the time yeah. or quiet mm. all the time. Yeah. You can have things happening in your spirit, in your head, whatever, that are quite loud or... Mm-hmm. Um, or are uh, transgressive in some way so yeah all of that is contradictory but I think is possible it 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 it's cohesive as well it it's possible for it to all come under the understanding of this is an interior experience that's being put onto the page wow wow so we'll have your second reading and then we'll go on to to the next set of questions Okay, I'm going to read the poem, which is called Not Quiet as in Quiet But. Not quiet as in quiet but, as in peaceful, as in slow to anger, as in shy, as in sulking or sullen, as in nice, 
as in clean, tree-lined streets, as in well-resourced libraries, as in good, outstanding schools, as in not much new, as in no news is good news, as in the war is over, has been for decades now, as in early to bed, curled up with a book, as in the newborn is sleeping, as in TV barely audible, as in subtitles, as in subtext, as in someone should have done something, as in don't just do something, stand there, as in could and should but wouldn't, as in well, the British are so polite, as in placid, as implicated, as in nuanced, complicated, as in careful, it's a conflict, not a siege, a conflict, as in objective, as in both sides, as in well-behaved, as in safe, as in too quiet, as in almost silent, as in almost no silence. Wow, wow. So um, what poem was the hardest to write? And mm. what poem was emotionally draining for you in this particular collection? Mm. Um. Let me think. Um, what was the hardest to write? Uh, the hardest, I think, to write might have been um, perhaps um, the ending poem. So the very, very last section of the last poem. So Fabula yeah. is the last poem in the book. It has mm -hmm. four pieces, four sections rather. And I wanted to end the book in a different way than I had started it. I wanted it to kind of have a new territory that's being explored and mm -hmm. a different form. Um, so I, th I think I would say the final section was the hardest, not so much because I didn't know what I wanted it to do, but rather I wanted to get it right. I think you have to, how you end a book is really important. And just as important how you start the book. So the very last section where it's kind of different voices are speaking and um, there's a, it's kind of like a dialogue happening. Oh, right. That I would say was the most difficult. And, um, but I wouldn't say it was emotionally draining. Perhaps the more emotionally draining one would be, um, there's a poem called Date with No Entry. Yeah. Um, and um, I wouldn't say that was emotionally draining to write, but actually more that the experience that created that poem mm -hmm. was draining itself so that poem actually you know the title is play on words it says date with no entry but really it's an entry with no date from my journal yeah so the lines that I've taken from my journal it looks very much the same it's kind of like a poem that I wrote in my journal 
but it really was just an entry um so I would say that one would be the one with the most emotional heaviness I would say wow so as I went through each section of the book I was struck by how many various themes you covered in revision for example you discussed the coming of the Europeans to Africa and its effect in six weeks and towards a black mirror you discuss womanhood and the female body throughout the book time transcends in one poem you discuss the Europeans in 1400 and in another poem you speak of a playground putting water mm -hmm. on a stove or your stay in Portugal anyone who picks mm -hmm. up the book will find themselves questioning the was and the is holding up their ideas in the light and evaluating them critically was that what you intended when you were writing the book did you mm. have a certain structure in mind or was how did you want the reader to feel after reading quiet mm. I wanted I really did want to cover a lot of ground I wanted yeah. the book to because I think also as a black author if you if you write anything about anything that is addressing ideas of blackness or race or anti-blackness or anything mm. related to that kind of experience people see your book as like that is the only thing it has to talk about mm. um and I'm okay with that if that's the only thing that someone or myself is choosing to talk about that's also not a problem mm -hmm. but I also know that there are so many things that are fascinating to me that exist in that same world that contains those problems um but is not itself one of those problems so mm -hmm. thinking about history thinking about um race thinking about gender all of those things are um related and um they have a interplay but also thinking about nature thinking about you know this poem about the snail or thinking about um you know a friend those things are not explicitly about anything but what they say they are about so i think for me keeping the book holistic was important because it is reflective of the inner life you know there are so many things that pass through your mind in any given day and one of the poems is a very playful poem that's thinking about a cat yes. so th there are so many different things that you think about in any given day and not all of them are oh you know the difficulties of being a woman or you know anti-blackness the world that we live in and you know how mm. it treats African people how it treats black people like every thought is, is not the same so yeah. I wanted the book to cover a lot of ground but also for those things yeah thank you yeah for those things to also be not uh not separate and also not dependent upon each other wow wow so um do you follow the poetry scene here in Africa or in Ghana let's narrow it down here in Ghana I I feel like I would like to follow it a lot more because and I think the the challenge for me is that I'm not in Ghana as much as I would love to be if I had my way I'd be in Ghana every winter yeah <laughs> you know because I have you know my family is from there and mm. you know my you know 
the place where I would stay if I were there would be Mampra Biso. It's like I really <laughs> feel like I'm from the center of Accra, not from yeah. like I'm really from Accra. If you really, but obviously I've never lived in Accra, so part of me, I think, as I get older, as I have the means, I would like to uh, just come, you know. And because the thing is, when you visit with your parents, you depend on them. Whoever they're going to see, you go to see. You go see, yeah. And I have only really travelled to Accra as an adult maybe two times now three times I mean as an adult who can get uber here uber there or like a taxi here (laughs) go and see this thing go and see that and so there's a whole thing happening that I'm not really a part of it but um yeah I would really like to um yeah like make friends with what's happening you know what I mean like you know for example I hope that we get to meet in person at some point. Yes, and, yes, yes. You know, yes. That's, because there's a lot, there's a lot happening. And I feel like, you know, everything is not about outside, like America, Britain. Everything is not about here, you know. Yeah. It's good to, you know. So to answer your question, I don't know that much about the scene. Um, I know a few names, mm-hmm. um, you know, um oh my goodness my brain um <laughs> asantewa oh pacha asantewa As- yeah, yeah 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 um and then of course some older names you know some older re- uh, writers yeah. um me um i know yeah, i mean ni parks yeah he comes and goes i know and then um um atukwe okai um oh. and then Ayikwe Ama. But yes, in terms of in terms of like right now the newer generation. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I feel like I need to kind of get in there because I see all these people coming and going. I see Aja Monet, I see all these people coming yeah, and yes. you know, and I'm like, and I feel even jealous, like my family's <laughs> my family's from there, like I'm from there and here are you <laughs> people coming and going and having a great time. But I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. Mm, wow 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 so we'll do your third um reading okay i'm going to read pandemic versus black folk which is three short poems in one so i will read Let's see. Mm-hmm. pandemic versus black folk it never was a virus that came for us not really don't ask me what my mother knows about that If yours never told you, perhaps we can't be friends. We always were too welcoming a people. Or so it said, or should I say, peoples. Plural, as the distance between leaf and leaves, as the difference between twig and tree, what we were before being rolled into singular, brought to the flame and lit for an inhale that hasn't ended. Who are your peoples? If we need to know, we'll ask who sent you. If you're suspect, we'll ask where you're really from. If you're safe, we'll bring water on a tray, say, sit down, wash your hands, eat. It never was a virus that killed us, no. Not even if it killed en masse. Worse things have happened at sea, or so it goes. 
And if anybody knows that, we do. Suddenly, all across the land, this green land, this Dunya, this Great Britain, this Britain first, this Brexit means Brexit, so fresh and so green, green and pleasant land. It seems there is no toilet roll, no soap. As if the moors came and snatched it back, Stagfrula, shelves as good as new, empty as the day they were built. Meanwhile, in the tinned food aisle, nary a tin of tomatoes to be found. I guess it's good folks are learning how to cook. A prayer for our elders who only stepped out for fresh air. There's rice at home yet, for the time being. As for toilet paper, that's a different thing. If cleanliness were godliness all along, no Columbus could have made the new world new. If cleanliness were godliness, really, there would be soap in the shops, even now. Things being still early, we hug first and remember second. Arms are thrown about backs, Fingers gesture towards hair, admiring a careful day's work of braids. Cue laughter as usual. Cue knowing smiles. And what is it that we feel beneath all this that gives our meetings their sugared ease? Not denial quite. Not humour to evade dissemblance this time. The body keeps a logbook of what happens to it. Bones can speak long after the flesh has gone. Often, on the train, the one seat that's free is the one that's next to me, and that's just fine. You know a girl likes a space to place her by. Maybe social distancing is another way of saying that. Yes, when I walk into a room, I never know what I might do. In this skin, sis, I am a virus too. Wow. Thank you so much, Victoria, for honoring my invitation to be here to do this with me. Um, How do we follow you on social media? Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You can uh, find me at Victoria Adequa on Twitter. Okay. And on Instagram, it's Victoria Adequa Bully, my whole name on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's how to follow her. Thank you so much, Victoria, for being here. So thank you to my producer as well. You can give us a wave. He he came all the way here to come and help us with the setup and everything. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. But in is there anything you're working on? Is there any anything else you're working on? Any new project, any new collection, any new poem? Um, at the moment, I have a fiction project that I'm working on, Mm-mm. and I really just, I really just, one of those things that you have to, you know, you, you're doing it because there's something in you that just needs to be, you need to do it, like you're doing it not yeah. because someone else needs to see it, it's just something I need to do, mm. um, and um, yeah, but other than that, not too much is happening. Um, I mean, yeah, it would be great to see you write fiction I I don't know but I mean I will be interested in reading whatever you write you just cough and put in a paper and I'll read it oh bless you thank you thank you thank you you so much Victoria for being here
thank you thank you i hope we meet yes i hope we do